When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Giants trying to get back in the win column on Sunday. They'll welcome in a fellow 2-1 team in the Chicago Bears. And to help us learn about the Monsters of the Midway a little bit more, we bring on a former Chicago Bear offensive lineman, now, of course, entrenched as a member of their radio network, and he does an outstanding job there. It's our pal Tom Thayer, who's nice to give us a couple of minutes here on the program. Tom, Dan Grassi here on 98.7 in New York. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Dan. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the time, as always, Tom. And three games in, is this kind of what you expected of this Bears team so far? Give me your thoughts. You know, this is what I expected. I think there was a lot of people before they played the 49ers that they were already anointing that uh, the quarterback was uh, the missing piece in for San Francisco to go to the Super Bowl. But I always thought that the Bears would have a home field advantage. You would see uh, the the process of development and Justin Fields, so it was going to be anybody's game. And then it turned into a monsoon, and I think that changed everything. I really never expected them to go into Lambeau Field and beat Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, after what they've been able to achieve there. And then I thought they were able, they should have been able to beat Houston. And so now it's, um, you know, the great unknown coming into the Giants stadium. All right, well, you mentioned the quarterback and Justin Fields, certainly all eyes on him, and he really is the centerpiece of this franchise. And when you look at him, you know, they really have had a hard time getting going in the passing game, and he hasn't put the ball up in the air that much. I I guess the first question is this, Tom. Do you think that the coaching staff trusts Justin Fields? Um, You you know, yeah, I I do think they trust him, but I think it's up to Justin. It's, you know, the quarter, I mean, the the coaching staff can I have all the trust in the world in a player because he gets there early, he stays late, he's diligent about his practice habits, he's got all the traits that you like to see in a guy that you want to be a leader of your football team. But in the quarterback position, it's all about results. Um, Does, I think Justin Field is going through the evaluation process of, knowing what you say in the huddle and knowing what you're seeing on the field. And again, you know, this is the first year in this system, in this terminology, in Mm -hmm. a lot of the free agent receivers. So I do think he's going through some growing pains, but I don't, I I just think that he trusts his athleticism more than he does know the offense perfectly. Well, you mentioned different system, different coaching staff, and you're talking about a guy who barely has, what, a full 16 games underneath his belt even as a starting quarterback here. Is there one difference primarily that you see from Justin Fields, year number two versus where he was as a rookie a year ago? Um, gosh, you know, I would like to say, yeah, there's an overwhelming, glaring difference in the way he throws the ball, but I still think that Justin is in the process of learning the terminology of the system that um, he's got to be willing to take a four-yard completion that's going to result in a seven- or eight-yard gain rather than scrambling outside the pocket and then looking for a big downfield opportunity that's not presenting itself. 
I, I do believe that if Justin ever fell into the rhythm of just falling within the exact structure of the offense, it would help him and it would help the Bears offense a lot. But um, I, I just know how difficult it is for quarterbacks to uh, process the information perfectly and, and being able to run it perfectly. And we, and we see that a lot all around the league, Tom, right? Especially this day and age with young quarterbacks because young quarterbacks don't have the luxury of sitting and watching like it used to be. Now they're just thrown into the right. fire immediately. Do you think the case is with him, maybe he's not trusting his reads, trusting his eyes, and he's quick to just tuck it under and then go make plays with his legs instead of maybe hanging in the pocket a little bit longer? Is that one of the glaring weaknesses you see with him? Yeah, you know, I, he doesn't read escapability very well yet. And I think you have to under, understand and un, know your your pass protection. Where are the majority of the blockers? Where is your window of opportunity going to open up to run? And, you know, and be, because he's blessed with such great athleticism, I think he's kind of grew up with the curse of where you read the rush before you read the coverage. And it should be the other way around. So, you know, I think that, you know, Justin is a type of guy that just needs uh, years within the same system to be able to develop the traits he's blessed with. Tom Thayer, the Bears Radio Network, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Giants and Bears coming up on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Well, we know that the running game is working pretty well, at least offensively. And even though it looks like they're going to be down David Montgomery in this game on Sunday, Herbert filled in very capably, of course, in that Houston game. Why do you think that run game is working so well? And when you look at that offensive line, it's not like you got a bunch of like first-round draft choices on it either. But I know you being an old offensive lineman could appreciate the way those guys are attacking it. I, I do. And you know what? I've appreciated since the beginning of OTAs. Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach they brought in here, is a real stickler for the exact details of proper offensive line play. And from the beginning of OTAs and the speed at which they were practicing at, and then how that carried through through training camp, I do think that he's been able to take um, a group of men and turning him, turn them into an offensive line that's productive in the running game. And, you know, they're blessed because Khalil Herbert has got great vision as a running back. He, see, he, see th- he sees things a little differently than David Montgomery. And even Treston Ebner, if he gets an opportunity to play in the game, which I think he would, he's got a lot of the similar traits to Khalil Herbert. So I'm interested to see him get, you know, eight or nine or ten carries just to kind of get a glimpse of what he can be. Defense has been the identity of this franchise going back decades, as we know, and not just because of the your first team that you played on, of course, there in 1985, which was the gold standard when you talk about the history of football. But where would you say this unit is on that side of the ball? Um, I, I think they're just in the learning processes of knowing how to play with each other. Uh, for example, you know, Roquan Smith didn't play in the preseason at all, and I just th- I think that he and Nicholas Morrow are understanding how to work in tandem at the linebacker position, and then depending upon the, uh, the defense they play, whether a nickelback or another linebacker is in there. Um, you know, the defensive line, they're getting to understand that Dominique Robinson can really be a, a effective pass rusher along with Travis Gibson. Um, Al-Quddin Muhammad and Robert Quinn. So you got a variety of guys that can come at you from outside the offensive tackle and provide pressure on the quarterback. And, um, you know, 
the Bears are playing rookies in the defensive backfield, and I, I always, I think that's where, you know, they either make some great plays and improve, or a guy like Aaron Rodgers picked on Kyler Gordon Jr. and you got to suffer through that through the night. So, <clears throat> it's the defensive backfield right now that needs to complement what they have up in the front seven and eight. Bears play the Giants coming up on Sunday. We're talking with uh, Tom Thayer, a member of the Bears Radio Network right here on 98.7 ESPN. Matt Eberflus in his first season as the head coach. He's got a defensive background, of course. And, you know, have you what, – what, what have you learned about Matt Eberflus so far, you know, in his first month, at least since the season has gotten underway, as a head coach? And maybe, you know, the contrast to what Matt Nagy ran the last few years in terms of just guiding a football team. You know, the first thing Matt Eberflus said the moment he was hired as the Chicago Bears head coach, he went up to the podium and he said the players better bring their running shoes. And I didn't know, if is this going to be a lot of hot air? Is he going to stick with this? Is this going to be something that is going to be followed through throughout the regular season? And that's why I said I've never seen a Bears team practice so fast during OTAs, and that helped the offensive line develop. But it's just the way they went out there and practiced every single day. And then as I thought to myself as an ex-player, are you going to be able to take the speed in which they're playing with, the, with no pads into a padded practice in training camp? And he stuck to his guns, man, and he said, look, you're going to practice hard or you're not going to play. And, you know, he just he, he came in here with a message and he stuck to it and he's delivered at every different changing moment in the season so far. And you look at the Bears team, what they've been able to do in the second half defensively and not giving up the points. Um, it's an incredible turnaround of um, attitude that really helps you be a better team. What would be a successful season, in your opinion, Tom? I mean, however unlikely the playoffs are going to be, you know, but when you're starting a new program like they are now with the new coach, the young quarterback, sometimes wins and losses maybe aren't even the priority. In your mind, what do you think is a successful campaign for the Bears this year when it's all said and done? At the end of the year, people are looking at Justin and saying, wow, watch out if you play the Bears because this guy's legit. And then, hey, if they won eight or nine games, um, nine games, I think it would be a super successful season. Um, so, but it's it's about, you know, this off season when they have some money to spend, they're in a different position within the draft. Uh, Ryan Poles has done a nice job of bringing in the different types of players you need. But if people at the end of the year were on high alert for Justin Fields next year, I think then you start competing for a division, you win the division, and you get a chance to get into the playoffs. And if that's that's got to be your only goal if, if you're on the Bears. Sunday, the Giants are going to be wearing their old throwback uniforms from the 80s and 90s, the ones that you, know, you saw when you went up against them in your playing days. Is there still something special when you get to that stadium, Tom, about Giants, Bears, and you see those unis when they're out there on the field come Sunday afternoon? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, I mean, I've had the best, I've had the best and the worst against the Giants. Um, you know, playing in the 85 playoff game against the Giants at Soldier Field and the way it went for us. And we had a great team. And then the last game of my Bear year in 1991, we got beat in the playoffs by the Giants in the Meadowlands. And so, you know, you, you have, if you're lucky enough to play long enough, you have 
memories at the opposite end of the spectrum. And with the Giants, you know, I think we opened up with them in 1986 on Monday Night Football and beat them in just a great game. And a punt return was the reason that that we ended up beating them. So I have a lot of great football memories uh, with the Giants and, you know, playing against Lawrence Taylor. Uh, Mark Bravaro, who I went to Notre Dame with, was just a stud player for the Giants. And, you know, it's just there's a, there's a lot of good football memories. Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, Giants, Bears, those Niners teams, Washington under Joe Gibbs. I mean, the Buddy Ryan Eagles, those N- the NFC during those years, I'll tell you, it was a lot of fun. Madden and Summerall on the mic. I mean, that was must-see TV, and that was uh, quite an introduction to football for somebody like my age, I'll tell you that. Tom, thank you for a couple of minutes, my friend. Really appreciate the time, and uh, enjoy the game Sunday. We'll do this again real soon. All right, thank you. I appreciate you having me. All right, Tom Thayer, Bears Radio Network, former Bears offensive lineman. Little insight into the Monsters of the Midway. They're going to take on the Giants coming up on Sunday afternoon. I mean, 85, of course, there was that divisional playoff game. in the 85 Bears, they beat the Giants at Soldier Field en route to winning the Super Bowl. That was the game with the uh, Sean Landetta went to punt the ball, just blew completely away from him, didn't even get a leg on it. But then the Giants got their revenge, the 90 run to the Super Bowl. Remember with Hostetler, that was the divisional round at Giants Stadium. Uh, Hostetler in for the injured Sims, and the Giants got the job done there and uh, would earn themselves a trip to Candlestick, beat the Niners in the championship game, and then the Bills in Super Bowl 25. Fun, fun, fun times, that's for sure. When we come back, we'll switch gears, talk about the other team and the challenge that they have on their hands come Sunday. That would be the Jets, little Jets-Steelers talk. And then Greg Buttle will join us coming up at 8.30. Dan Gross' show till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso show on 98.7 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. On this football Friday, and you know, those comments by Brick from yesterday got, got, got a little bit of a row. 
Because, you know, that one little bit about, well, where's Quinn and he's on the sidelines, you know, gasping for air. And people took that as, well, Jeff Ulbrich said that Quinn and Williams is out of shape because he's gasping. No, that's not what he said. You know, we touched on it last night. That's not what he said. But, of course, earlier today, Robert Sala met the media for the first time since the Ulbrich press conference yesterday and was asked specifically about those remarks. Take a listen. Quinn is in the best shape of his life. I'm not going to get into the detail of what happened yesterday. Obviously, uh, a quote, in my opinion, was taken and used against Jeff when we all know where Jeff's heart is. Uh, he had spent 15 minutes prior to that question showering Q with praise. We have our rotations. We do things the way we do them. Quinn's in phenomenal shape, and it's kind of bush league to take a, take a one-liner, but it is what it is. So, But we all know where Jeff's heart is, and so no harm, no fall. No harm, no, exactly. Nothing more, nothing less. That's all it was. You know, but I understand everybody likes a good headline and, and, and wants to, you know, make something bigger than it is. If you listen to the entire, you know, press conference of Jeff Ulbrich yesterday, he went out of his way to praise Quinnen Williams. And, and this still all stems back to the defensive line rotation and how the Jets go about employing the defense and, you know, shuttling guys in and out of the lineup. And there's this philosophy that, well, you know, your best players should be the ones out there constantly. Right, They should never come off the field because, after all, they're your best players. Don't you want to win? Don't you want to have the best chance of winning? Case in point, the way the Jets play defense on the line, like, for example, Quinnen Williams okay, plays the most out of any defensive lineman that the Jets have. Played 46 snaps last week. Carl Lawson played 45 snaps. Sheldon Rankins played 38. John Franklin Myers played 36. Then you got Jacob Martin played 23. Solomon Thomas, 23. Nathan Shepard, 22. Uh, Michael Clemens played 19. So, again, they're shuttling these guys in and out to keep them fresh. And naming an offensive lineman that goes out there each and every game and plays every single snap, it doesn't happen. Even Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald comes off the field. And not for nothing, you know, People are complaining about this now. You're complaining about this. Why? Because the team isn't winning. And maybe the, the defense isn't going out there and dominating on a week-in, week-out basis, as you would like to if you're a fan. But once upon a time, with this defense and this system, which was employed by none other than Robert Sala, back in 2019, it was good enough to go to the Super Bowl with the San Francisco 49ers. So I think they know what they're doing. I think they realize that this is the plan of attack, the best way to go and attack an offense, and I think that they believe in it, and they hope that the more you get into this season, that it is going to work. Look, there's more talent on this side of the ball this year than there was last year for the Jets. I mean, anybody that watches them could tell you that. And I don't have to remind you, back in 2007, when the Giants won a Super Bowl, on the strength of their defense, remember what happened that year? Remember the first couple of games of the season? They got absolutely lit up like a Christmas tree. Dallas, Green Bay, those were the first two games they played, and and they got torched. And the defense was a disaster. So if I would have told you that year when they were 0-2, defense couldn't stop anybody, that not only are the Giants going to be Super Bowl champs at the end of the season, but it's going to be the defense that leads the charge, you would have thought I was crazy. And I'm not sitting here proclaiming that the Jets are going to win a Super Bowl or anything like that. But it's still only a few weeks of the season. And it's still an era in football where guys aren't playing that much together during the preseason. And maybe there's a little bit of rust. 
and maybe they're not all on the same page, and maybe it's going to take some time. Give it at least seven, eight weeks before you make a final determination. Now, look, if things don't turn around in a month from now, by all means, have at it. Tee off, because I think it's fair. But when you look at this defense and how they can go about turning things around, I think they have the right opponent coming up on Sunday. Because the Pittsburgh Steelers, like the Chicago Bears, are one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Plainly speaking, I mean, there is no other way around it. You know, Mitchell Trubisky is not going to scare you. This attack with him at the helm is not going to frighten the opposition. At least it shouldn't, because it's Mitchell Trubisky. But the Steelers are the Steelers. They're a well-coached team, and you still have to take them seriously, although they're missing a pretty big component on the other side of the ball in T.J. Watt on Sunday. And I said it a little bit earlier, I truly believe, like how good is T.J. Watt? T.J. Watt's absence for this game on Sunday, I think is going to be felt even greater than Zach Wilson starting the game for the Jets. That's how good T.J. Watt is. That's how important he is to that defense. Because T.J. Watt is not only the defensive player of the year in the National Football League, but since he's been in the NFL and since he's been a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, they haven't won a game that T.J. Watt has missed. So store that one away when you're sitting down to watch it on Sunday or you're sitting down to listen to Greg and myself in the broadcast right here on 98.7 ESPN, which gets underway at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, T.J. Watt, 0-6 when he doesn't play are the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a winnable game. It's a winnable game for this football team. Now, you may think so. You may not think so. You might be skeptical about Zach Wilson. You might actually think that, okay, now this offense could be even more prolific than the flashes they've shown so far in the first three weeks of the season. Because after all, this is the starting quarterback. I don't expect him to be perfect on Sunday. I really don't. They're going to cook up some scheme to confuse him. Remember, Pittsburgh's a team that rushes three that has three down primarily on defense. They come at you with blitzes. You know, they disguise things. And that is a lot for a young quarterback to sit there and be saddled with in his first game of the season. I know that. You know that. But the difference between, let's say, this time around versus last year when Zach Wilson returned following a lengthy absence is that he's got a lot more playmakers at his disposal now. Just put the ball in their hands. Let them do their work. Rely on the run game. Wouldn't it be nice if the Jets ran the football on Sunday and stayed committed to the run well into the second half? Because, by the way, they got a couple of good running backs who I think are quite capable of helping this team move the ball, churn out yards, score points, both in the run game and the pass game. You know, Michael Carter, Brees Hall, these guys are pretty good. So the elements are there. This is truly a winnable game. And and let's allow ourselves to imagine for a second. Say the Jets win this game and they get to two and two. As crazy as it sounds, as unpredictable as it might have been, as, you know, less than spectacular as it maybe has looked at times in the first few weeks of the season with all the controversy and all the drama and everything. If the Jets beat the Steelers, you're 2-2. Two and two. And I know I said it at the beginning of the year, and I'm sure a lot of other you felt the same way. How many of you would have signed up for 2-2 two and two to begin the season for this football team? When you saw the schedule come out 
and you saw four straight against the AFC North, and you thought, oh, what a miserable schedule to start the year with. Boy, thanks for doing us some favors, NFL. Well, you could break even. Right? You could break even. And now you begin the rest of your season with your starting quarterback. Hopefully he stays in there all throughout the year. And he's not going to have to miss any more time. But you still got to go out there and win the game. It's not going to be handed to you. Because everything that we're saying right now about the Steelers, I guarantee in Pittsburgh, they're saying the same thing about the Jets. Oh, it's the Jets. How many games have they won in the last two years? They got lucky in that game against the Cleveland Browns. They should be 0-3. And you know what? Maybe they should. Maybe they should. They got a gift. And unfortunately for them, last week against the Bengals, they didn't capitalize on that gift by then winning another one to back it up. It's like in tennis. When you break serve, you got to then go hold to validate the break of serve. Jets didn't do that last week. But they still have a chance to make up for it here on Sunday in Pittsburgh and get to 2-2. Two and two. At a place where the Jets have not fared very well. I don't have to tell you that if you follow the team. They've won one game in the history of the franchise in Pittsburgh. Just the one. I think they're overdue for number two. What do you say? When we come back, we'll talk to a guy who was on the receiving end of some of those losses over the years as a player. That'd be Greg Buttle. He's my partner, of course, on the Jets pre- and post-game show. We'll talk some Jets with him coming up next. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Coming up on Sunday, our coverage begins at 11 a.m. Pre-game show with yours truly and the gentleman who is on the other end of the phone right now. He is, of course, former outstanding Jets linebacker and my good friend, Mr. Greg Buttle, who's nice enough to join us now on the program. Sir, how are you? Well, this is a peachy night, and uh, I, I think this is it's good that people are going to be inside for the next four days. Four days total? That's confirmed? I, I believe so. It's going to rain until Tuesday. So Now, that's not going to impact your availability on Sunday, is it? Yeah, absolutely not, because you know one thing about Sunday? We are indoors. <laughs> that's right. 
<laughs> That's right. And Greg said, by the way, he has said this many times, the coldest game he ever played in was not just, you know, 20 below, wind chill, or a snow game. It was a rain game, was it not, my friend? Yes, sir. You have a good memory. That was a uh, Philadelphia Eagle game in Philadelphia during a, a torrential downpour, and the temperature was 33 degrees. And it, the water was 33 degrees. And every time you made a tackle, you slid through water puddles on the surface of the AstroTurf, and it was just debilitating. You, uh, the, you, you couldn't take a hot shower after the game. You had to wait until your body temperature came up, and then you had to take a cold shower. It was unbelievable. The cold water oh. was hot. Oh, well, good old veteran stadium, what and that do, turf was no picnic. Do. That's right. What we do to survive in the NFL, right? No doubt about it. I was actually talking to Tyler Conklin this week over at camp and he's or at the facility, and he even said the same. I don't know how we got on the subject, but he even said the same thing. The wor- He said the worst is playing in rain, and then I immediately thought of you because that's, you know, you're a surgeon as well. Um, they're going to have a new quarterback this week, guy by the name of Zach Wilson. He will be starting the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, yes, it's probably a little bit too premature because six weeks off, I'm sure that there's going to be a little bit of a rust factor, but – how how much do you think the complexion of this offense will change with him back under center? You know what? I, I think the complexion changes. I don't think much else will change. I, I mean, Zach Wilson can make a difference. Number one, he's more mobile. Number two, he can make plays happen out of the pocket. Number three, I mean, I, I think he can make Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, and Elijah Moore all better. Now, to help do that, you know, I think, you know, the running backs and tight ends can make Zach Wilson better because he can utilize them with check downs. And when he slides out of the pocket, these guys got to be prepared for him to throw the ball away at five yards and get big plays. So, to me, I think that's the whole big picture of Zach Wilson playing quarterback for the Jets, is that ability that he has. Do you think if you're Michael LaFleur in dialing up a game plan, is it, here's the keys to the car, you go and do your normal thing, or are you going to try to bring him along slowly and maybe dial up some high percentage throws and, as you said, get the ball in the hands of the playmakers and let them do their thing as trying to move the football up and down the field? Well, I, I would think, you know, the smart play here, in, in my opinion, is a, uh, the conversation uh, with, with LaFleur and with Wilson about what he's comfortable doing uh, within the game plan right now and, and what he would be comfortable doing in the first 15 plays, uh, you know, their, their, uh, uh, their first 15 plays that are all prejudged and pre-called. So I, I think that is, that's big. I think the first 15 plays the Jets come out with are going to be huge and it can set the whole series about Zach Wilson and his, his, his confidence in, in playing, you know, just back after being injured, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But to see him get unrusty, you know, so you're not going to have him sit back there and just zip the ball all over the place. You're going to have a move. You're going to have a walk. You're going to have a run. You're going to have a play action. So to me, I think that those are, those are big things as to what you're going to see the rest of the game. And some, you and I talk about it a lot, it seems like, before each and every one of these games, and I think that we're both kind of advocates for, you know what, from an offensive perspective, why not come out in a little hurry up? That being said, if you have a quarterback here who hasn't played in six weeks, 
would you be opposed to putting him in that type of a situation? Hey, let's come out in a hurry-up offense, keep the defense on their toes, even though my quarterback might not be 100% in rhythm because of the time he missed. I don't care what kind of rhythm he's got. He's heard the music, and he's played. You know, it's not like he, he, he's somebody that forgot how to play. I mean, the, the, only, the only rhythm you're looking at is on, you know, the timing of a, of a five- to seven-yard out or a 12-yard out, and you've got to go one, two, three, throw the ball, and does he have that feel right now? That, that might be the only thing that, that I look at in terms of rhythm, but as far as playing the game, man, you, you've got to – you've got to go out there and you have to, you've got to, you have to have a game plan to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, not a game plan to have uh, Zach Wilson be safe. So I don't think LaFleur is going to sit there and say, ah, we're going to have a safe game plan. No, no, he's, he's going to go out there and make a game plan that takes the best of Zach Wilson to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Greg Buttle joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Our coverage begins at 11 a.m. Sunday morning with the Jet pregame show, Greg and myself. Offensive line is going to look a little bit different probably because of the injuries. George Fance on IR. So right now it looks like Connor McDermott, it's going to be his show at left tackle. Uh, you already got the rookie on the right side and Max Mitchell, who's held up pretty well so far in the first three weeks of the season. He really and truly has. How much of a concern do you think Connor McDermott being out there on the island by himself should be for this game? Is T.J. Watt playing, by the way? No, just, he is uh, out. Just, oh, no. So I don't think that's such a big deal. Now, now I, again, I, I think that he can do enough to get in somebody's way for, for two to three seconds, as opposed to a, a, a T.J. Watt, who, you know, you, you, may, you know, may have two seconds with that guy. But I think he's got enough. But the question is going to be is if the Steelers decide to start blitzing, how's the, offense, the young offensive lineman with uh, Max Mitchell and – Connor McDermott going to handle that. that that's all. Uh, are, are you going to have to keep the tight ends in all day? I mean, if you keep doing that, well, you're taking weapons right out of uh, Zach Wilson's hands. So uh, the offensive line has got a man up at some point in the season and let the tight ends get involved in the passing game. And the, you the only way you're going to do that yeah. is to have the five guys on the four defensive linemen. Well, Pittsburgh – like, when you talk about them playing defense, like, even though Watt's not going to be there, you know, Pittsburgh plays that 3-4, but they'll blitz. They'll disguise things. They'll run the exotic blitzes, all those things, because that's the way the Steelers have done it for years and years and years, even though the cast of characters has changed. Would that be something you think Zach Wilson could possibly be thrown off with as somebody who maybe hasn't seen as much as a veteran quarterback would? No, I don't think so. I think that's more more of a of a line play because the line's got to deal with the uh, with the, with the line stunts and the line calls and and who's Mac and and you've got to deal with all of those things. The only thing Wilson really has to deal with is who's free, and that's his guy. And so my thing is is once you know who's free, your offense you got to trust them to take care of something. But if something goes wrong, Zach Wilson has to have the nom de choix to be able to feel that and get out of trouble before it happens. That's all. Where do you think this defense has gone wrong here in the first three weeks of the season? I mean, we know that they've given well, up a lot of yards. I'll tell you where. You yeah. know what? That's a good question. But, but I, I, I don't think I can, I can point my finger at anything other than, 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 than dumb play. Okay? Their safeties, Joyner and Whitehead, have to be better. I'm not asking them to be great. It's not, not about them being great. They're good enough athletes. 
They're good enough football players. They've got to be smarter. And, and I, don't, I just don't understand why they're not smarter. In other words, the, the things that they're doing in, in the secondary, sometimes I look at it and go, boy, I mean, that is, that's so blatant. It's ridiculous. Uh, you have to be smarter when you're coming up to make a tackle to know that you can't just go throw yourself around in there and, and hope that you're going you're to knock them down. You've got to grab cloth. I mean, you, you've just got to be smarter when you're out on the football field. You know, you, you know Dan, we, we've watched the Jets defense play, and, I, and I'm telling you, they're not as bad as they look. They're just dumber than they look. It's, it's, that, it's that they do things that aren't smart. And if you're going to sit out there and you're going to have, let's just say they have, uh, the, the, the Jets have given up seven touchdown passes. I would tell you, out of the seven touchdown passes, five of them have been blown up. Mm-hmm. Missed assignments, wrong calls, wrong steps, miscommunication. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Well, that's the big one, uh, communication. The communication, what, like, how is that something that is still an issue, not only just going into the fourth game of the season, but when did training camp open, right? Training camp opened at the end of July. You know, why are these still issues now when you're almost two months into the process that you're still having these communication issues on the back end to where guys are wide open in the end zone and quarterbacks are basically just playing pitch and catch on some of these TDs? Well, that's, that's the problem. That, that is a problem. I, I mean, you want to add other stuff to there. I, you know, and I, I, again, it's just like anything else. Is, uh, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that uh, the coaches are free of blame, but I'm going to say that the coach has done his job during the week to get them ready. It's game time, man. You better be ready. You better watch the film and for, for hours on hours to know what their offense is going to do. You've got to know what your defensive players are doing around you. And, and once you can do that, well, then everything else is, is reaction. But you can't be out there thinking, what, what defense am I in? Are you in five? No, no. Uh, motion happens. Here's what happens. Motion goes on, and what happens? Some guys go play a five, and the other guys are playing a zero. And you sit there, well, this switch, the power switch, we went over from here to here. Oh, no, it's not the tight end this week. This week it's X. That's, that's the guy that determines line strength. You know, so all of these things are strength of formation. You know, these things happen fast out on the football field, and you must be prepared for it. When you're not, you have miscommunication. I just call it dumb plays. I mean, everybody in and of themselves should know what to do when anything happens on that football field. Well, you would think that the the opponent coming up on Sunday is tailor-made to cure an ailing defense because Pittsburgh is one of the worst offenses, may be the worst offense in the entire National Football League. So this could be an opportunity for a so-called get-right afternoon for that side of the ball. And maybe it's something that could breed confidence for the rest of the season. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's just like anything else that you, that you look around is that you know, Pittsburgh's going through some of the same things that the, the Jets are and that I would tell you Half the teams in the NFL are doing. They've got injuries. They've got people out. Uh, they've got young, inexperienced quarterbacks, and and they don't want to put the pressure on the quarterback to have to win the game. They want the game to play out and let the game see what happens during the game. But me, I look at that and say, you're just you're just you know sitting on a on a time bomb. And it's ticking away. The more the more times that you do, you give the other team the ball and, and 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 kick the ball after three plays, you've got a problem. And the Jets' biggest problem right now, I I would tell you something. I, I don't 
I don't think it's going to be their offense. I think it's their defense. Their third down defense is terrible. Yeah. And so you've got to overcome that. Now you've got to have you've got to have your defensive line on 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 mark. You know, they, I think I think look, you, you need smarter play too. There's a couple third down plays that these guys had had created penalties. I mean, whether it was defensive holding or or the defensive ends uh, uh, rough the quarterback. You got to be smarter than that. The pressures are pretty good. they'll need more pressures you know sacks will come but they're non-existent on third downs where's the defensive line on third down that's the biggest thing that's killing the Jets right now no doubt about it and I'm sure it's something we're going to be talking about on Sunday morning as well in the pregame show Uh, thank you for a couple of minutes this evening my friend truly appreciate it and I will uh, see you on Sunday it's always good let's go Jets all right thank you sir there is uh, Greg Buttle. He is my partner, of course, on the Jets pre- and post-game shows here on 98.7 ESPN. And you can hear our coverage beginning at 11 a.m. Jets-Steelers pregame coming up on Sunday. When we return, got to get into the ugliness of what we saw last night in Cincinnati regarding the Dolphin quarterback and how that whole situation was handled and one that could unfortunately have been a lot more serious than it even was. Dan Grassa, Dan Grassa's show, till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The aftermath of last night's defeat to the Cincinnati Bengals, but you know what? The final score doesn't even really... Take top billing when you're talking about a takeaway from that game, and that was Tua Tungavailoa and the nasty injury that he suffered. It happened while we were on the air last night, um, and it was one of those, like, no doubters, unfortunately. Like, you knew immediately something was wrong. And, uh, I mean, he just got thrown to the ground, spun to the ground like, like, a, like a rag doll. And then when you saw that head just snap back and hit the turf the way it did and you saw his hands the way he was just lying there staring off into space like completely just out of it, I mean, that, that was scary. It was as scary a hit that we've seen a quarterback take probably in quite some time. Judge walks, by the way, in his third plate appearance. Um, and it's unique in the sense that, all right, you know what you're getting into as a quarterback when you step foot on the field in the NFL. But in Tua's case, this is a guy who got dinged up last week against the Buffalo Bills and staggered to get back up when he went down the first time in that game. Or not the first time, but when he went down in that game and he staggered to try to get back up and to shake it off and to keep playing. And then you wonder, well, how was he even allowed back in that game? 
forget about playing this week. Like, how was he allowed back in the game against the Buffalo Bills? But he was. And the NFL is very sensitive to this concussion stuff now and head injuries and keeping guys safe. And look, this was a big talking point. It's been a big talking point for the last decade, probably. All right, so he gets past last week, and then you wonder, all right, how did he go through the evaluations with concussion protocol and going through that whole process and how it has to play itself out? Apparently, he was green-lighted to make the trip to Cincinnati to play in this football game last night. Well, look at what happened to him in the game yesterday. This is now, and, and they tried to pass it off last week, remember, as not a head injury, but it was his back, something with his back. Okay, fine, whatever. You believe that one? Because the way that he reacted last night, to me, even though I'm not a doctor, looks like somebody who, you know, this might not have been the first hit that he's taken in that area, at least recently. And you worry about the player's safety first and foremost. Not the team, not the offense, not what it's going to do to your fantasy team or anything like that. You worry about the player. And that's where the sense of urgency lies from the Players Association because certainly they are first and foremost as far as making sure that their players are indeed safe. And that's what it should be. John Harbaugh, the coach of the Ravens, he's been around the NFL for a while, been around football for a while. This was him today at his team's practice. Somebody had to ask him, hey, did you see what happened to Tua last night? Take a listen to this. I couldn't believe what I saw last night. I couldn't believe what I saw last Sunday. You know, it was just something that was astonishing to see. I've been coaching for 40 years, college and the NFL, almost 40. I've never seen anything like it before. And it just was really something that, you know, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. So I really appreciate our doctors. I appreciate our owner. It's, it's catching the attention of the National Football League. Clearly. It's been the biggest story. It's the biggest story going into the weekend when you got games. Right? I'm really curious to see the fallout. And you wait till Sunday when you watch or listen to any of your pregame shows and, you know, ESPN and the NFL Network or whatever. That is going to be the big talking point. Hands down. And you just hope that he's okay. And remember, they play the Jets a week from Sunday. That's Miami's next game. We'll go around the league, preview week number four. To enter our final hour, Jordan Renan also going to join us at 9.30 and talking Giants. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.